You're listening to RNIB Connect Radio. Yvonne Milne with you through till three o'clock today in for Jill. But don't you worry, Mrs. Barclay is on the way very soon with the afternoon edition. We're all jumbled up today. We are. We're all jumbled up. But it's all still going well because we have Donna Smiley here from Take a Break magazine. Hello. Hiya. How are you? I'm excellent today. How about yourself, Mrs? Are you doing well? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Enjoying the sunshine today. Oh, you have sunshine. We do. It's just come out. What a novelty. (laughs) I know. know. I was in London at the beginning of the week and it was throwing it down. Yeah, it's been awful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's been a bit of a wash of housing. When we see the sunshine, though, we celebrate. It's good. Yeah. And um, Take a Break magazine, the team are all well. They're all busy. Yep, everyone's busy. As usual, yeah, busy, but everyone's well. Yeah, good. Good. All good. And um, you're going to take us through the latest edition of Take a Break oh, magazine. Yeah, I'm right. intrigued by the title <laughs> of our first piece, which has already got my skin twitching a little. Eek, I can't give birth in here. Yeah. So this one is by a lady called Briar. She says, I closed my eyes and pictured the scene. There I was in a room bathed in soft candlelight. I was lying in a pool of warm water and listening to the sound of gentle music. All was calm and I was floating about in a state of serenity. It was perfect. When I opened my eyes again, I said to my fiancé, Barry, I've decided how I want to give birth. Oh, he said, I want a water birth this time, I said. OK, Barry said, if that will make you happy. I'd wanted a water birth when I'd had my first daughter, Aranio, but she'd been two weeks overdue, so I'd ended up being induced. Now I was having another little girl and I was determined to have my wish around this time. But when my due date arrived, my baby was showing no signs of wanting to come out and I began to worry that all my plans could have to change. I decided to take matters into my own hands and did everything I could to get my labour started. I did some decorating, scoffed pineapples and curry like they were going out of style, but nothing worked. In the end, I went to hospital midwife performed a sweep to get things moving. It seemed to work, and by the time I got home, I began to have twinges. Barry timed about 20 minutes apart. You're not ready for hospital just yet, he said. So we played with Arania, put her to bed, ate our dinner as my contractions got stronger and closer together. At nine o'clock, Barry said, let's try to get some rest. OK, I said, but you stay in the spare room. I knew I wouldn't sleep and I wanted Barry to be fresh for the morning when he'd have to drive me to hospital. He made sure I was comfortable and kissed me goodnight. Then I got into bed. Almost immediately, my contractions stopped. False alarm, I thought, and I closed my eyes. I must have drifted off because the next thing I knew was phone was buzzing on the table beside me. As I peered at the handset, I felt bewildered. It was 2am and my neighbour was calling me. I thought, what on earth is going on? Then I heard what sounded like an alarm outside. I got out of bed and padded over to the window to take a look. All of my neighbours were gathered in the street. But before I could ask why, a huge contraction swept through me, knocking the wind out of me and leaving me doubled up. I realised the baby was on her way, but first I rang my neighbour back to find out what was happening. Haven't you seen it, she said. Seen what, I asked. The whole street's flooded, she said. Our gardens are underwater and it's about to get into our houses. What, I gasped. I hung up and waddled into Barry's room. Are you OK, he said. Shall I get the hospital bag? No, I replied. The house is flooding. He looked at me, then leapt out of bed and started running around. I'll get the car, he said. I watched out of the window as he watched through knee-high water in the garden and thought, we're going nowhere. By now, water was gushing down the road, rising higher and higher with every minute that went by. Barry waded over to the neighbours and said, The baby's coming, what are we going to do? Everyone went quiet and looked round at each other, mouths wide open. Right, said one man at last, I'll fetch the fire brigade. He hitched up his trousers and set off down the street, waist deep in water, towards a group of police cars, a fire engine and an ambulance. Meanwhile, a other neighbour shouted to me through the window. A water pipe has burst, one said, the water is filthy. 
I didn't want to be any near it, but now my contractions were coming every seven minutes. From the window, I could see a police officer making his way slowly down the flooded street towards our house. He spoke to Barry, and then the pair of them came in. I went into the living room and we sat on the sofa. The officer said, We've got to get you to a hospital. Um, got to get you to a hospital. No, I replied. I don't want to wake a radio. He radioed for two paramedics and they arrived with air and gas. Look, the officer said, the flooding will get worse. If we can't get you out, you'll have to give birth here. I looked down at my carpet, slowly disappearing under a tide of brown liquid, and I thought about the birth I'd had planned. I'd wanted it to be just right, but now everything was going wrong. My home was being destroyed before my eyes, and there was just nothing I could do. Just then, another wave of pain hit me, and I began to cry. Barry said, can we have five minutes alone? Everyone left, and Barry gave me a cuddle. He said, we just want you to be safe, love. I nodded. All right, I said, I'll go. With the minutes, a fireman arrived and said, the boat is here. Boat, I said. But before I could argue, he picked me up and carried me outside into an orange inflatable dinghy. He lowered me in, and Barry climbed in beside me. Then we set sail down our street. One neighbour went inside to look after Arania, while the others cheered and shouted good luck as I floated past, holding my bump with one hand and my phone with the other to record my epic voyage. We reached the ambulance and jumped ship, but there was a snag. The paramedics had called the hospital, but there weren't any beds free, so instead we went to Barry's mum's house. Soon I was in full labour and we were able to get to hospital. Just We arrived just as my waters broke. Oh, I said to Barry, as if I haven't seen enough water today. I began to push and a few minutes later our little girl was born safe and sound. We named her Andrea. I cradled her and happy tears streamed down my face. Then I looked at Barry and we both started to laugh. Well, I said, I did ask for a water birth. <laughs> we had to move in with Barry's mum while the place dried out. Now we're still waiting to return home. All our things are coated in a dirty brown slime and it would take ages for everything to be cleaned up. It's upsetting, I still can't believe how stressful my labour was. But in the end, Andrea arrived safely and that's the only thing that really matters. Oh, I'm so relieved that <laughs> a happy ending that. Yeah, that's no. one thing about a water birth, isn't there? That's not yeah. quite what she had in mind. No, it's no. Quite, kind of funny now it's all safe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine, I mean, you know, going through childbirth must be traumatic enough without sort of having to be picked up by it. Exactly. And, and seeing your home as well, I know you've got all of that to come home to and you just want to bring your child home to yeah, a lovely home. Yeah, your baby, you just want everything to be settled, don't you? Yeah. It's very nice, bless her. But I suppose, again, it also shows you what's important and, yeah, you know, things can be replaced and, yeah, and houses exactly. can be dried out but um yeah baby baby's fine oh it's a nice yeah. story a good happy yeah, ending story, there yeah <laughs> so donna and um our next one is in the sun and on the run yep this one's a bit dramatic for you so this is by a lady called margaret and margaret says as i flicked a duster over the windowsill i did a perfect impression of a woman at war with a cobweb but in reality i was far more interested in the scene unfolding below me a bronze adonis was hard at work his toe muscles rippling in the summer sunshine his name was Jason and he was doing some odd jobs at the villa where I worked. Just then I spotted hit me gawking at him. You've missed a bit, he said. We got chatting and we realised we had a lot in common. Like me, Jason had given up a life in the UK for sun, fun and adventure on Spain's Costa Blanca. We should go out sometime, he said. Then he dropped a bombshell. He was 39. I did a quick bit of maths and said, that's 13 younger than me. Jason replied, I could be your toy boy. Toy boy, sorry. I thought about it and then I said, go on then. We became a couple and six months passed. Then one day Jason revealed he was having some money troubles. He said, work's been a bit slow and I'm struggling to pay the rent on my apartment. We can't live on the streets, I said. And then a thought popped into my head. I've got room, I said. Why don't you move in with me? We set up home together and for a time life was good. But then I lost my job and trying to keep a roof over our heads, I started working on the market. It didn't pay well though and I had to use my savings to get by. 
I kept dropping hints to Jason in the hope he'd start helping out financially, but he just said, I'd love to, but I'm skim. With Jason out of work, the bill soon mounted up. In desperation, I'd joined an agency for careers in the UK. Every few weeks, I'd fly home to do shifts. It was tough being apart from Jason, but it was what I was prepared to do if it meant we could hang on to our life together in Spain. Still, I found myself getting into debt. Then one day, Jason arrived home with a big smile on his face. I've got a job, he said. I was thrilled, but there was a snag. It was back in the UK in Fife. It meant being apart again, but we needed money. So we said our tearful goodbyes and Jason flew back to the UK. That evening he called me. How are things, I asked. You're not going to believe this, Jason replied, but I've been arrested. What on earth for, I gasped. I'm not sure, he said. Don't be silly, I said. You must know what you've been arrested for. But I insisted he didn't. So I took matters into my own hands. Over the next three weeks, I did some detective work. I got in touch with Jason's solicitor, who told me that Jason had been arrested for attacking a man. It had happened at a football match after five years before I'd met him. When the police questioned him at the time, he'd fled to the Costa Blanca. I was in shock. My toy boy was a criminal on the run, and I'd been paying for his life of luxury. When he called, I said, Why didn't you tell me? It was before I met you, he said. I thought about what to do. Jason had made a mistake and had lied to me, but I reckoned everyone deserved a second chance, so I told him. I'm prepared to wait for you. I returned to the UK and got a job near the prison where he was on remand so I could visit him. In time, Jason McFarlane appears at Glasgow Sheriff Court, where he pleaded guilty to assault to severe injury, permanent disfigurement and permanent impairment of another man, and the conservation of the Criminal Procedure Act. He was jailed for 21 months. Every day he rang me from prison to tell me how much he loved me. I said, I'm saving up so we can be together when you're released. It was the only thing that made him happy, but it would be hard. The fact was, I spent so much on Jason over the years and I was in debt to the tune of £14,000 and I didn't know how I'd ever pay it off. After six months, Jason was released. He telephoned me on the day that he was freed. I'm going to look after you now, he said. But then a week passed and I still hadn't heard anything else from him. Then I realised he'd blocked me on social media. I heard through friends that he'd accused me of cheating on him. In a panic, I went to see him in Fife where he was staying. I knocked on his door, but when it opened, Jason looked to me as though I were a stranger. What are you doing here, he snapped. I've come to see you, I said. Jason shook his head. We're over, he told me, and if you don't leave, I'll call the police. I couldn't believe the man I'd loved for five years was treating me like this, but I had to accept the truth. Jason had never really cared for me. He'd simply been with me because I had money and I gave him a nice lifestyle. I feel such a fool for falling for him. I'm working all the hours I can to repay my debts and still live in Spain, but when I do, I'll be on my guard against charming toy boys like Jason. Once bitten, twice shy. Oh, it's horrific. It's not very nice, is it? No, poor lady. Poor lady, and uh, you know, and uh, it's easy to sit here, isn't it, and kind of think, oh, yeah, you know, no. she's been taken in, and yeah. you know, it's too good to be true, and the toy boy, and all that. But yeah. actually, you know, I like the fact that she was hopeful about this relationship, yeah. and she was willing to forgive him for something that exactly. he had done wrong, yeah. and it says a lot about her as a person, yeah, you know, a lot more than him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. So. And I do hope mm. that you know she she you know goes on and meets someone that deserves yeah, that kind she's of loyalty. Quite glamorous, I think. Oh, is she? Uh, maybe she will. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good for, good for her. Well, I hope you know we wish her all, all the best, and at yeah, least definitely. five years. But you know she's out of it now, and yeah, without that, and at least she realised and was like, right, yeah, know, yeah, rather I, than I, keep pursuing him. Absolutely, poor lady. Uh, oh, <laughs> some right wrong ones out there, oh, no, Donna. No, sure is. We get to hear about it every week. <laughs> yeah, I do quite. Yeah, I do quite like. I do quite like hearing <laughs> stories. Um, Donna, take a break. Magazine is out on the newsstands now. It's also an accessible website, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If people want to go online and maybe have a little look at some of the stories on there. 
Where do yep, they go? It's www.takeabreak.co.uk. Fantastic. And um, one of you, take a lake, take a lake, take a break, ladies, (laughs) we'll be back next week as well. Yeah, someone will be on next week. Lovely. 